1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We are proud to be brought to you guys by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter or you can search the hashtag TPPN which we always hashtag when we go live. As do all the other great podcasts that are part of this network. They've got basketball, football, baseball, soccer, hockey and even wrestling. So check them out for all of your sporting needs. We are here to discuss the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Probably one of the best weekends of the NFL season. Whoops, I just kicked my, my table here. Uh, lost my train of thought about that. Divisional round. Divisional round. Some of Usually some of the best teams in the NFL still left. We should hopefully have four really good games this weekend. It is a Friday show, so I've got Dennis and Matt here with me. Oh, it's the... Oh, man, Let's that's not drinks
2: the games. Right, Last so, week we said we were going to have six great games, and we got four this blowouts.
1: Is, this has been a really great start to the show. We're going to end this, and then we're going to come back and we're going to restart the show. Dennis and Matter always here with me in the off season. This is not even the off season. We're in the playoffs technically, so we haven't even reached the off season yet. So, gentlemen, I'm just going to shut up. How are you guys doing today?
3: Man, I am both hot and cold. Cold because it's like 15 degrees here in Ohio. But hop, because we've got Marcus Grant from NFL Network, NFL Fantasy coming on the show on Monday to talk some uh, fantasy football and some pop culture stuff that all of you guys get into. And hopefully someday, once my kids stop having so many events and all that fun stuff, I can get caught up. I'm going to be like 72 years old and I'll be like, hey, do you guys see that new Spider Man metaverse thing?
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not even accurate.
3: No. Oh
2: well, what are you gonna do, right? Just say Spider Man, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's been a time. Uh, you know, we had no uh, snow really in the fall, which was weird. Uh, now we've been in these weird cycles. This is the second Friday in a row. Um, you know, which are my days off that I kind of look forward to, where it was like, oh, cool, snowstorm. It's not too bad, but definitely not any outside time. Uh, that I'm enjoying. I am hoping that this weekend's games um, are a little bit better and also that I don't have any personal injuries while doing laundry. Uh, since I'm not watching the Cowboys, I don't think I'll end up breaking my thumb this week, but you never can tell.
1: Yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll get very emotionally invested into one of these great games. Before we jump into the games, though, a couple news items. <laughs> Joe something to the Giants. I, don't, I honestly don't know how to spell his showing, name or even.
3: That's how I pronounce it. Showing,
1: yeah. Showing. <laughs> showing to the Giants. Will he bring Dayball with him, Matt?
2: Um, I don't think Brian Dayball would want to go there. But who knows uh, with the Giants. Um, I don't know that much about the selection. So the Giants have a GM. Maybe at some
3: point, they'll actually have a team that's worth watching. Now, Schoen was the guy that kind of spearheaded the analytics movement in Buffalo. And so, uh, at face value, it looks like a great hire. Now, the Dayball question is another thing, because reportedly, Dayball is very interested in Miami and Tua. Uh So, and... The Giants just requested to talk to Brian Flores today, who's from Brooklyn, so it'd be a homecoming. Yeah. What what that means, whether or not it works, God only knows. But I feel like showing is going to modernize processes in New York. I don't know that it's, I, I don't expect a uh, Josh Allen type of leap from Dan, Daniel Jones by any stretch of the imagination, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, if they're going the analytic route after uh, Dave Gettleman uh, did not uh, approve of analytics uh, was uh, well, very I it.
2: still think there's a chance they at least bring in competition at quarterback because, yeah, you know, coach and GM are gone. Daniel Jones hasn't been horrific, may not be all his fault, but he hasn't been that great either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the, what the Giants will do. I hope, well, I guess I don't really know where I want Flores to end up. I feel like. I
2: still think Flores is going to Houston.
1: Well, yeah. speaking of Houston, reportedly they want McCowan. So, I mean. Well, they interviewed
2: McCowan last year, too, and nothing came of it. They like him, but I don't no, see that.
3: It was reported today that they want somebody else to interview him to legitimize him as a candidate which mm-hmm. sounds very you know, ish I like- mean, they also
2: are interviewing Heinz Ward. They're interviewing a whole bunch of yeah,
3: weird picks. I still think
2: that a lot of it's – I still think it's going to be Flores because they can't move to Sean Watson for anything of value. You might as well bring in a coach that would entice him to stay. Yeah. I mean, If he wants to it stay. He has,
1: yeah. he has the connection to, to Casario, right? From, from New from England, so... New England, yeah. and He, he seems to want to make that another New England light like everybody else does when they leave there. Ben McAdoo hired as the OC in Carolina. We talked a little bit about this on Monday when the rumors popped up about this. I'm a little torn. I mean, he wasn't bad when he was the OC, right? It was more like when he became the head coach and started slicking his hair back and wearing the suits that were really way too big for him. Is when things kind of went wrong, and then him benching Eli, which caused like all kinds of issues. But
3: well, personally, I think he should go with the slick back hair look and and kind of be mean looking. That's you know look look like you're a badass. But his his, it's see I pulled it up here. Uh, He had the offenses ranked tenth and eighth overall in yards from scrimmage, uh, according to Rappaport. in 14 and 15 when he was the OC. So if he's not tasked with handling all the other stuff, it seems like he may be a competent offensive coordinator. What that means for Sam Darnold is a completely different thing because uh, I I think the jury is pretty far out on whether or not Darnold is a competent quarterback. And I'm not buying uh, PJ Walker uh, as his replacement So Darnold would definitely have to to do some magic to get – or McAdoo would definitely have to do some magic to get Darnold back in the mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure is really on Matt Rule. Oh, yeah. They've done pretty well nothing for three years. Their offense has been a mess. None of the quarterback kind of options that they've looked at have really gone anywhere. They took a huge all in on Sam Darnold last year, trading for him and picking up the fifth year option before they'd ever seen him play a game. And he didn't look bad in the first couple of games, but you know, Ben McAdoo has run some nice offenses before we thought Joe Brady was going to be a great hire for them. He had run some nice offenses before, but something about that didn't click, you know, at some point in time you have to wonder if it's you know the head coach and not the offensive coordinator or something in the philosophy of the pieces because it doesn't Matt Rule have a lot of control about their player personnel as well yes
3: yeah i think so
2: yeah so that would probably be carolina i i had hopes that we were going to see him take a little step forward and they started out okay but they they fell off a cliff in a massive way from late October through the end of the season
1: you know it's it's interesting because we were just talking about Brian Flores and I kind of feel like with all the coaching issues on his staff that he's having you could kind of say the same thing about Matt Rule like a lot of the things they said is Brian Flores wasn't getting along well with others I mean kind of feel like Rule's doing the same thing I'm I'm curious to see what, what that looks like. I mean, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I don't know that. Darnold maybe starts the year. I don't know that he finishes the year again as the Panthers quarterback. I think it was smart of them to pick up the fifth-year option regardless because he's cheaper than you're likely going to get most backups at because even most backups nowadays are close to seven, ten million, $10 depending on how good the backup is. So still have him on his fifth-year rookie contract. <laughs>
2: They tried getting Cam Newton to end this season. Do you think next year, if Darnold has troubles, they'll just try bringing back Jake DeLome and see what happens? Can't
3: Possibly. go worse than Cam
1: Possibly. did. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean City Darnold, was I, I
2: feel like you didn't see his last playoff game.
3: Darnold is going to – he's going to basically be earning the job every week next year. And if he doesn't take that approach. And he's going to need to get to the point, I think, if he can get to that, i got to earn the job this week and do that every week, I think that's a Russell Wilson kind of mentality. i got to earn this job every week, and he goes out there, whether it's legitimate that he does or not. With Darnold, he's going to have to take that approach, and, and he has to find the balance between taking chances that are going to win games and not making mistakes that are going to lose games.
1: Speaking of coaches and GMs, Dennis, what's one way you can get help from the Dynasty Nerds GM to improve your teams this offseason?
3: Well, do you want to dominate your Dynasty League? The Dynasty GM from DynastyNerds.com is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL sleeper, flea flicker, and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals based on those actual strengths and weaknesses you can find a trade partner that you've got something he needs and he she's got something you need so uh use the trade uh the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship get exclusive rankings and more use code roundtable for 15 percent off the monthly or annual subscription bundle the dynasty gm with the nerd herd and save even more
1: All right, let's talk a little bit about the games this weekend. And the first one up, I I guess I won't say it because Matt doesn't want me to jinx it. The 10-7 Cincinnati Bengals at the 12-5 Titans, Tennessee Titans. Matt, what do the Bengals need to do here to move on to the AFC Championship game?
2: I think they need to keep that offense clicking. You know, we've seen them in, uh, you know, these these stout tests week 17 when they faced off against the Chiefs. They had to get that passing game going, get that offense clicking. To get past the Raiders last week, they needed to get the offense clicking. I would like to see them get a little more balanced and be able to get Joe Mixon involved a little bit more so it's not all on Joe Burrow and the pass offense. But we we talked about AFC coming into the playoffs. It was going to be about which of these teams can get hot at the right time to carry them through. There weren't any dominant teams, and I think the way matchups broke, this works pretty well for Cincinnati. Of the top three seeds, they could have ended up having to visit in the second round. I'd probably be happier if I was a Bengals fan going to Tennessee than I would have been going to Buffalo or Kansas
3: City. Yeah, I think Cincinnati is going to have to chuck it. Um, The Titans gave up the fewest fantasy points uh, in the league this year to uh, running backs, so for me, it kind of comes down. And and I don't know how much of that is from the first eight weeks when they had Derrick Henry and people, teams were having to throw to try to keep up. But I feel like it's going to be a game where they're going to have to throw the ball to get a lead and keep the lead because the Titans' defense plays the run pretty well. And what you don't want to do is you don't want Henry grinding the ball. It's okay if he for him to be grinding the clock if you've got a lead, but if you don't have a lead, it, it that if the Titans have the lead and you're playing from behind and the Titans get the ball, you, you don't want, you don't want to be hoping, well, let's hope that Derek breaks a long one so we can get the ball back. Uh, that the Bengals lost Ogan Joby. You know, they've got some question marks on the interior of their defensive line. It's going to be a tough matchup. So Cincinnati is going to have to score when they get the ball. If they can score touchdowns, and make plays to stop the Titans on some drives, then I think they can win it. I think that's what they're going to have to do.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what the Bengals' offense is going to look like. I mean, Dennis, you just mentioned they've got a score. They played much better at home than they have on the road this year, and they didn't really play that good last week against the Raiders. So I do think is not only an inferior team to the Bengals, but also an inferior team to the Titans. So this Titans defense is good. They're well-rested as well, likely getting their leader back in Derrick Henry uh, this game as well. I mean, Tennessee, I think, is going to be up for it at home as well. The Bengals are going to have to come and be firing on all cylinders to get this win. A couple of player props here on Cincinnati. side before we move to the Titans. So, Dennis, you said that you think that they are going to have to pass to win. Joe Burrow's over-under on passing yards right now set at 268.5. Would you take the over-under?
3: I'd take the over on it.
2: Yeah, over.
1: All right, so if you're taking the over, the wide receivers, Jamar Chase is sitting at 72.5, and T. Higgins – I'll just give you all three 72.5 receiving yards for Jamar chase 42.5 for Tyler Boyd and 60.5 for T Higgins.
3: I'm pretty comfortable with the over for chase. Uh, okay. The other ones are, are re- really good numbers that kind of give me pause a little bit, you know, Boyd and Higgins both can, can get that with one play. They don't get the volume Typically that Chase does, and so that's what kind of makes me nervous. What was it you said? Sixty-eight yards for
1: Higgins. Sixty point five.
3: Sixty point five. You know, I'm probably gonna hedge and go under on both. Well, yeah, because they've been really using CJ Uzoma a lot, and they'll probably I have his have to. Too.
1: And I think I think I'd actually take twenty eight point five yards.
3: Yeah, I think I'd take the over on him and the under on Boyd and and Higgins. Let
2: me take the over on Chase,
1: the over on Boyd, the under on Higgins. Yeah, I'm torn on. I definitely think I'm taking the under on Higgins too, which probably means he's going to be the one who definitely hits his over. Um, taking the over on Chase, I'm just torn between Boyd and Uzoma because I feel like one of them is going to go over theirs. I just don't know which one. I'll bet on go Tyler Boyd, but I think it's going to be close. Dennis, on Tennessee's side here, we you know we mentioned Derrick Henry is likely going to be back. He hasn't played practically the entire season. Pretty serious injury he's coming back from as well. What are you expecting from him this weekend?
3: I think if they're playing him, he's healthy. Uh, I've I found myself a lot this year looking at injured players and, and thinking they're all Julio Jones. Oh, well, he's, he's kind of healthy. He's healthy enough that he could play, but he might not get, you know, they might take it easy and ease him back in. But the reality is that the, the teams don't want to put somebody out there that's going to be a shell of themselves. And we've seen that time and again, I, I, you know, I should have brought my big L board in because I, I'm taking the loss on Cam Akers. I I totally missed that. He came back and he's looking really, really, really good. Uh, I think if Henry, you know, he came back from the Jones fracture. He's been out, what, 10 weeks now? He's had to recover from the surgery. I think if they're playing him, they believe he's ready to go and and they're going to give him the ball. Uh, The only thing I think that's going to hamper Henry this game is Cincinnati getting a lead. If Cincinnati can get up by two scores, then I think that puts pressure on Tannehill to make plays. Yeah, I mean, they the
2: big I don't know if you saw the post today, King Henry is back. You know, they made a big deal about activating him. Brable said he's been getting stronger and stronger in practice. Then getting the first round by was the perfect entree into the playoffs for Tennessee because that gave him just an extra week to get ready. Um to come out and he's a difference maker. That Tennessee offense is different when Henry's in there. I thought Donta Foreman did a nice job in their committee of backs, but nobody is quite Derek Henry. And I saw what Josh Jacobs did against the Cincinnati Bengals front last week. The only one that stopped Josh Jacobs was the coaching staff who decided to forget that he was on the team. Mike Vrabel never forgets uh, that the running back is on the team. Yeah. I think that's going to be a potential, um, problem just as quickly as cincinnati can go down and score with the pass tennessee can go grind on the run i wouldn't be surprised to see them trading scores that way in this game
1: well with that being said derrick henry's over under is set at 75.5
3: over i'm taking the over too.
1: Taking the under i don't know that he- I think Don'ta Foreman might be mixed in more than we think right now. I know that I agree with what you were saying, Dennis. That we we've seen these teams lean more toward not playing these guys till they're healthy. I just don't know that he's really that healthy. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll hedge my bet on Derrick Henry there. I'm going to take the the under on that side of it. What about Ryan Tannehill? I mean, I feel like this is a fairly safe number for him: two hundred and twenty point five passing yards.
3: I think it, I'm going to take the under. I'm I feel like it's like a 212 passing yard game because they're going to try to give give Henry the ball. If if they, you know, I feel like it's going to be a a one score game at the end, and it'll end up being both teams will kind of follow their their game script. Cincinnati will score with the pass, and the Titans are going to score with the run.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the under for Tannehill too and just as a point of reference for the last one, Josh Jacobs had 83 yards rushing on 13 carries.
1: Interesting.
2: I mean, I'm not, have... I'm just saying like if they only even if they only gave Henry 12 to 15 carries, I think their line is better and joby has gone. Now I mean, he was in for a significant part of that.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I like to lose money. It's what I'm good at, so I could be wrong. Uh, you guys uh, care at all about seeing what Julio Jones and A.J. Brown do, or or just kind of Julio's at 41.5, A.J. Brown's 69.5.
2: I'm going to be honest. They couldn't give me a number for Julio Jones where I'd ever be tempted to take the over. That dude Fair has way. not been a non-factor. Um, but Brown, I could see getting to 80 yards, so I'd probably take a nominal over on him.
3: Yeah, I'd go the over on Brown, and I probably wouldn't bet the over on Julio unless the number was set at like three or something.
1: I mean, we've got three a, plays. A very, a very, a very, very savvy one here coming up that I, I think is a smash. Except uh, with that all being said, I think I'm gonna take the Bengals. I I, I said when the playoffs started, it was gonna be them and the Bills in the AFC Championship. I'm about changing my mind now think it's going to be a really good game, but I'm going to take the Bengals to win.
2: Taking the Bengals also. I also took the Bengals and Ricky well, also took the Bengals, which sh- leaves me feeling like we've all. Congratulations.
1: Titans. We'll see you next week. The 10 and seven, San Francisco 49ers at the 13 and four green Bay Packers. Matt, what do the 49ers need to do to get a win against green Bay? They, uh, while some players missing on both sides in the game that they met earlier this year, uh, 49ers were uh, quite, quite beat up in that game by the Packers.
2: Yeah. And that was a really close game in San Francisco. They lost 30 to 28 was the last second rally from, you know, it looked like Jimmy G had done enough to win at the end and they left 30 seconds and Aaron Rodgers said, gotcha. I think the 49ers, the the best news for the 49ers this week is that it looks like Nick Bosa is tracking to clear from concussion protocol because they need that full – Yeah, they need that full force of their defensive front. What they were able to do against Dallas was bottle up the running game and keep constant pressure on Dak to make him uncomfortable to force him to miss connections with his receivers. That is 100% what they're going to have to do against Green Bay. In that first game against Green Bay, Aaron Jones was able to run for 80, 90 yards and get a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers was able to throw it to Adams a dozen times for 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. If that happens, they're not winning they need to keep those guys in check, specifically the errands. They need to stifle the running game. They need to keep Rodgers under pressure.
3: I mean, this is a game where it feels like every break that happens is going to have to go San Francisco's way, or they're not going to win it. Uh, I just feel like they don't, they don't have the firepower and the talent to, to quite get over the hump against Green Bay, and they're playing up in Green Bay.
2: Yeah, where it's supposed to be three degrees. Right.
3: I don't know if a team
2: from the California Bay is ready for Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, they're all the the Packers are also getting back uh who is it on the defensive line again? Is I'm trying Gary? to remember. Smith. Yeah. Hmm. So they're getting Smith back, and I believe Tyrell Alexander. Good. Oh, yeah. I mean phew. Green Bay is coming all together right at the right time. I which also I don't know that they were this prohibitive of a favorite last year against Tampa Bay, but I know they were the favorite, and Tampa Bay still went up there and beat them. You can put some of that on Matt before if you want. But I think the
2: other one that you're thinking of is Jair Alexander came off IR.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. I, Alexander's oh. coming back, too. I couldn't remember Smith. Smith was the one I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, I said when Haven. I was like, Jair's coming back as well. Yeah, it's – I don't know. This is the one game that I think is, like, the least likelihood to be a good game. I think the Packers have – Got this, but then we've seen them when they when it feels like they should easily no, no. win this game.
2: Aaron Rodgers always waits for the NFC Championship game to take a dump.
1: Is that was that what it is? I'm 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 getting a little yeah. ahead of myself. Okay, well, yeah. Matt, you he's got one him, more
2: or, week before he goes into the can.
1: You mentioned devontae Adams had 150 receiving yards in the last matchup. He's sitting at 90.5 this week, taking the over.
3: Yes. Yeah, I think you're look you're looking at probably fifteen to seventeen targets for Adams. Especially with M V
2: S is doubtful now. So you know, I know you didn't want to hear that. Lazard will be there and Cobb came back, but I think Lazard's sitting
1: at thirty-five point five. I kind of think with M V S out, I would take that on on Lazard. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I called him Lazard, Lazard. Yeah, you guys agree?
3: yeah, that's probably a feasible bet. I mean I, I When I look at what this offense might do, I, I feel like it's a dozen catches on 15 to 17 targets for Adams, 15 carries for Dylan, and 15 touches for Jones, and Jones getting a couple touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you figure Rodgers, I, I would guess minimum 250 to 275. If he went over 300, I wouldn't be shocked. You got 100, 125 probably for Adams, Lazard's probably in the 60 to 70 range. So I'm taking the over too.
1: You mentioned 15 touches uh, for Jones and possibly 15 rushes for A.J. Dillon there, Dennis. So Aaron Jones sitting at 46.5 rushing yards. Would you take the over under on that?
3: And that's a really good number because I feel like he's going to do a lot of damage in the passing game.
1: Um, I've got that too. It's very low though, I think. Where'd it go? Oh, never mind. Twenty-two point five. So twenty-six yeah, rushing, twenty-two receiving.
2: Forty-six oh, rushing, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, forty-six. Yeah, forty-six yeah.
3: rushing. Yes. I I think I I think I smash except on the the receiving over and fade the rushing.
2: Yeah. So in the first game, Aaron Jones had nineteen carries for eighty-two yards and a touchdown. He caught two passes for fourteen yards. I think the 49ers are going to try to focus on on bottling up. Um, they managed to do that pretty well with Elliott last week. So I would take the under on rushing, which is why I think they'll end up throwing a little more for Green Bay. What did Dylan do in the last game? Dylan in the last game had two catches for eight yards and six carries for 18 yards. Yeah. See, I think what what week was that? That was week three, and they oh. ran for exactly 100 yards on 25 carries.
3: Yeah, I feel like the offense has changed over the course of the season, and they've got a lot more confidence in Corey Dillon, and they like to let Corey Dillon <laughs> – I'm old <A>. – A.J. Dillon. <laughs> and and I think they like – they don't mind playing bully ball when they get the chance. So
2: Rodgers in that game threw for 261 and two scores – Adams had 12 for 132 and a touchdown MBS three for 59 and a touchdown Lazard one catch, but 42 yards. So he would have made the over.
1: So I kind of messed that up. Uh, Clearly we were talking about the 49ers and I gave you guys all the Packers ones. So let's discuss the 49ers really quick before we talk about the Packers. One that's very interesting to me. He's kind of been crappy. If We're all being honest with ourselves for like the past five, six weeks. With George Kittle at 45.5 yards because I feel like this defense is going to key in on Debo. Do you take a shot on George Kittle and his 45.5 receiving yards?
3: I mean, does it matter if they key in on Debo? I mean, he's, he's playing really, really well. So, uh, 40, uh, 40 what? how many
2: yards? I'm going to take the over because I think the Packers are a little weaker in the center
3: 45. than they will be on the outside. Yeah. I mean, and Kittle only needs a couple catches to get that. Yeah, he was 7 for 92 in Week 3. Okay. so I'd go the over.
1: All right, Debo, he's obviously got two. He's got receiving and rushing. Receiving yards set at 50.5 and rush yards, he is at 35.5.
3: I'm probably going to hedge towards the under on both of those, in part because I just feel like, It's going to be – I I think that Green Bay defense is going to contain them fairly well.
2: I'm going to take the under on both as well. Um, Elijah Mitchell was not available when they played this game before, and I think he is going to handle a lot more of the rushing role. And I'm a little worried about – Jimmy G, uh, you know, I know they said he's been firing rockets in practice, but he already came in with that thumb injury. He jacked up his shoulder last week. He wasn't an incredible passer against Dallas, and I would wager in the cold won't be a lot better.
1: My eye will not stop itching, and this is driving me insane. And the went I over again probably uh i do think how would you wish uh, that on?
3: i didn't know which about him.
1: i think why would you put that on the over on debo's receiving because i do think he's going to be the main weapon there besides kittle the one that i'm for sure smashing in this game is debo samuel 0.5 touchdowns i think there's no way he doesn't score in this do you guys agree Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Not as not as not as sold as I thought you guys were now, gonna
3: be. I I think they're gonna get it. I mean, uh, what the the Packers give up about the eleventh most fantasy points, uh, to wide receivers. So let's see how that translates into yardage. More so in it, way, bottom half yardage wise.
2: In the in the first matchup, looking at the stats, it would. Say to me that they might have uh, focused on Ayuk because or on Samuel, because Brandon Ayuk, even though he wasn't much of a factor early in the season, had four catches for thirty-seven yards and a touchdown in their first matchup. I actually would lean more toward Ayuk or Kittle or even a rushing touchdown than Samuel. I think that he's a player they're going to focus on for Green well, Bay.
1: He could get a rushing <laughs> touchdown as well. It's just it's any touchdown.
2: Well, and. He did. He was pretty well the catalyst that trashed the Cowboys, and I think Green Bay doesn't want to let that happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure he's the one they are focusing in on. The Packers finished as the top seed. Matt, what do you expect from Aaron Rodgers in this one? I mean, you've already mentioned kind of what he did to them last time. Are we Are yeah. we going to see a repeat of that this weekend?
2: I think, you know, so as Aaron Rodgers goes, so go the Packers against the 49ers. A couple of years ago, it was the struggle of Rodgers, both in the regular season game when he was missing a lot of receivers, but again, when they returned in the playoffs in that NFC championship game that that really doomed the Packers and let the 49ers win. But on the flip side, it was Rodgers' poise and ability to deliver earlier this season that helped them to upend the 49ers and to come back and win. I think he... He's been playing well this season. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to get to the Super Bowl. So, arguably, he can um, sit out to punish the NFL. At least that was the rumor, right? uh, But I think he's going to, I think he'll deliver um, pretty well. I don't know if I, you know, the 49ers have a decent defense. I don't know if we see him go over 300 yards, but he doesn't need that to help them win, as we saw in the regular season game.
3: I missed the question, my bad. What do you expect from Rodgers? Do you expect him
1: to repeat his performance from earlier in the year?
3: um, You know, it's going to be cold. I think they're going to rely on the run game a little more. So, you know, I like him for 250 and a couple touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns, but not long ones, unless somebody just happens to catch a short pass and slip away.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean – I already said I don't think this is really going to be a good game, and I think a lot of that's going to be because Aaron Rodgers kind of goes ham here. So I I think he's going to have a really good game, all in on a Devontae Adams as well, and I'm taking the Packers to win the game.
3: So am I. I also am taking the Packers.
1: All right, Dennis, I just mentioned that I like to lose money, but if you don't like to lose money, if you like to win money, what's one way you can win money this weekend?
0: Well...
3: I know I'm going to log into my DraftKings account and put a little money, build me a couple of lineups. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the, of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds. You heard me. 56 to 1 odds on any team. Just bet $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just oh, bet just five. Sorry, it's jumping on me a little bit here. Uh, bet just $5. Uh, where, where did I lose it? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Has promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New, Older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Man, that had to be the worst read I've ever done. <laughs>
1: Hey, you know what? The way I started off the show was bad, so we're just—it's just par for the course for this episode. It's the weather, definitely. The twelve and five Los Angeles Rams are going to play Tampa Bay at in Tampa Bay. The thirteen and four Buccaneers here. Dennis, can Sony Michelle and Cam Akers get the running game going against the Rams and do the Rams against the Rams? They play for the Rams, so I hope they're not doing it against their own team. Can they get it going against the Buccaneers and do the Rams need it to win the game?
3: i i think they do they need to have a balanced attack um i I don't know if i'm expecting them to rush for 130 yards 150 yards but they have to be effective they i i don't think you can have cam and sony both come out of this game averaging you know 1.8 2.3 yards per carry and expect to have been super competitive uh cam looked good last week uh I'm, I, you know, I'm a loser, baby. So why don't you kill me? It's a, uh, it, it, it's, it's a marvel what he's doing. And they're likely to get Henderson back this week, I believe too. I, I think having three running backs in the mix is going to be a little bit too much. But I like the one-two punch they have going on with Cam and Sony.
2: Yeah, Henderson, they have not pulled off of IR yet. I don't know if they – he was designated to return. It says now the update that he will not be available in Tampa Bay, so at least that clarifies. Um, but I, I think they will get something going with with Michelle and Akers. In that first matchup that they played in week three, um, Sony Michelle was able to run for 67 yards, which may not sound like a lot, but it's a stout – Tampa Bay front and they were able to run for 76 yards as a team that kind of provides at least enough balance to not put all the pressure on Matthew Stafford in the passing offense. I think that's what they are going to need to do.
3: I mean, I think they need to do that, especially with Whitworth being banged up, but whether they can or not is another question. Yeah,
2: Whitworth has actually been ruled out now, which is kind of oh. a bummer. And Taylor Rapp's still out as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely think they need Akers um, and Michelle here to have at least a decent game. We've seen, you know, at times Matt Stafford struggle this season with everything on his shoulders. It was good to see him get that first playoff win this next last week. I'm hoping they continue to do that here against Tampa Bay. But as a, you know, Tampa Bay's got a very good run defense. So there's going to be a lot here on them. If they can't get it going and they have to rely on Matt Stafford here at least a little bit, Dennis, your guy coming up from deep well I guess technically going down from Detroit 272.5 passing yards over under
3: I, I feel like I'm gonna take the over because I picked the Rams at the beginning of the year to make it and if they're gonna if they're gonna beat Tampa Bay Stafford is gonna have to go over you know they've got three great weapons in cup and Beckham and Jefferson that spread the field Higby does well in the middle of the field. So I feel like they're going to have to put up an offense. Uh, They're going to have to put up points, and they're going to do it through the air uh, for the most part. So I'm taking the over.
2: Yeah, in the first matchup that these two teams played, Brady threw for 432, and Stafford went for 343 and four touchdowns. I'm taking the over as well.
1: As am I, and with that, you've got two of his top wide receivers. You taking the over in either one of these receiving yards before we move on to Tampa Bay. Cooper Cup at ninety five point five, and Odell at forty two point five.
3: Yeah, I like the over on both of those.
2: Cup was nine for ninety six in their first matchup, so they must have looked at that when they did the the over under. I think that's kind of. Close because we've seen as you saw like Arizona wasn't an incredible defensive performance by any stretch, but they were keying in on Cooper Cup, which I, I like the over on Odell, and you know I don't know what a Higby over under would be, but his probably would be a decent over. I feel like really keying on Cooper Cup because of the season that he had. Tampa Bay doesn't have any incredible um, pass defenders, but they have a decent pass defender. I. It's almost a push for me on Cup, but I'm going to lean the slight under. I think he could get between between that 85 and 95 yards. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm not sold that he goes over 100.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just a reminder to anybody who does these. You usually have to pick like three to five. So you don't have to go over if you don't want to. We're just giving you guys different options for all these games. I'm with you guys on Odell. I'm definitely taking the over on him. I actually wouldn't bet the Cooper Cup one because I am I'm I think that's like way too close. That, that's one you're going to be like sweating out to last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll either got uh, 95 yeah.
2: or 97 yards. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh. Well, Matt, you asked about Tyler Higby. So I'll actually give you two because if they're keying in on Cooper Cup, maybe Matt Stafford not only piv- pivots to Tyler Higby, who's at 40.5. Maybe to Van Jefferson, who's sitting at 33.5. Would you take the over on either one of those?
2: Yeah, so in the first matchup that they had, that was actually the d game. He caught three for 120 and a touchdown. That's kind of a role that Van Jefferson's gone into, and we saw last week all it takes is one for him to clear 35 yards, so I probably would take the over on him. <sighs> Higby is a struggle. He was five for 40 in the first matchup. He was good last week. I feel like this mm-hmm. is – a giving me PTSD from our season because every time we pushed our chips in and put Tyler Higby back in the top 10, he like boned us, but I'm going to say over on Higby as well.
3: Yeah. I, 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 probably, if I'm looking at it, I would, it, it's cup and Higby are the close ones for me that, that I have to make the decision. And I like cups consistency a lot better. I have a lot more faith. In cups consistency and his ability to do it, someone take the under on Higby and, and Jefferson. It's only going to take a couple passes,
2: so
1: yeah. I feel more comfortable with Jefferson than I do Higby because of what you just mentioned there, Matt. He went off last week, which likely means he's he's not doing it again this week. He, he's he, if, if he is consistent, it's that he's inconsistent. Dennis Leonard Fournette's uh, possible return here. Ronald Jones is out. How will this impact the Bucks' offense?
3: Uh, well, Leonard is Mr. Reliable nowadays. You know, they know they can put him in there and he's going to get the tough yard. He's going to, you know, average four yards of carry. He's going to pick up the blitz. He's going to catch a few passes. Uh, I think they've got a lot of faith in what Leonard does now. Uh, he's kind of... It's like if you were to have taken Ronald Jones and Gio Bernard and smashed them together, you'd come up with Leonard Burnett. So I think that... Uh, the, if I have to play a running back from Tampa this week, Fournette's the guy.
2: Yeah, and that, Fournette was practicing again today. They designated him to return. They haven't removed him from IR yet, which is going to be something to really watch carefully. They have a little less than 24 hours to make that designation. If they don't, it's going to be Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn. Again, which in which case, I think that could be a trouble spot for Tampa Bay. They could not get the running game going when these two teams played before. Uh, They had 13 carries for 35 yards as a team. Tom Brady was the leading rusher with 14 carries. 14 yards on three carries. This was early in the season, a little bit before Fournette kind of took off and established that running presence. I think that has made a big difference for Tampa Bay. And if they can't get the running game going, that's a lot of pressure to put on Brady who doesn't have a Godwin doesn't have Antonio Brown, Cyril Grayson still isn't practicing with that hamstring injury. It gets thin in the passing game weapons. I think they need to get a rushing game presence back. And Leonard Fournette would be a huge bonus for that.
1: I agree. So the two props here for Tampa Bay before we pick the game, Tom Brady at 283.5 yard passing yards and Rob Gronkowski at 60.5 receiving.
3: What was Brady's number
1: again?
3: 283.5. I think I'm going to take the under. I, I think that, you know, Tampa Wirfs and uh, oh their other tackle are both banged up. I think that's gonna. Brady's he's he might not take a lot of sacks, but he's going to throw a lot of short passes, and so I I tend to lean towards the under on that. And Gronk was what now?
1: Sixty point three, I think. Let me pull that one back up.
3: What? No, that would be point five.
1: They're always point fives, but
3: that feels like it's sixty point five. Yeah, he's going to get like twenty yards or eighty-five yards, probably. that's where I am with Gronk I'm I don't know I I I think I don't think I'd bet that one I I I just it feels like he should get a lot of targets but can he get 60 yards
2: Maybe. I'm going to take the over on Gronk but the under on Brady I think he's going to be more in the 250 275 the last time they played though he did throw for 432 yards so
1: yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't bet either one because I really don't. I feel like this could be very much a Leonard Fournette game, but then I also could see if Matt Stafford goes out there and is dropping bombs like he did on Arizona, and all of a sudden they're up a couple scores, Brady's going to come out slinging it as well. I'm going to take the Rams to win it, though. I don't feel great about that pick. This is the one that I really think could go – these two, actually, the two games on Sunday, I think could legitimately go either way. I don't feel great about either of the winners I'm picking, but I'm taking the Rams.
2: I'm taking the Rams as well. I think we missed the biggest Tampa Bay prop, which is over under 0.5 players smacked in the helmet by Bruce Arians. Take the
1: over. Always take the over. No, probably take the under now because he just got fined. Take the over next week.
2: I'm also taking the Rams.
1: All right, the game that I think everybody's going to be looking forward to this weekend, the 11-6 Buffalo Bills at the 12-5 Kansas City Chiefs. Matt, the Bills were red hot last week. Can they keep it up? I mean, not just red hot last week. Josh Allen was on fire last time these two played as he beat up on the Chiefs. Does he keep it going?
2: Yeah, Josh Allen went for 303 touchdowns, ran for 59 and another touchdown when the Bills went into Kansas City and beat uh, the Chiefs in week five of the regular season. He threw five touchdowns last week. It was really good. I still think the big difference down the stretch to help the Bills close 4-1 and and really help them dominate in the playoffs is getting and a consistent running game going with Devin Singletary, who had 81 yards and a couple of touchdowns. I like Buffalo's offense. I think Allen uh, and Singletary will be a good matchup
3: again. Yeah, I, I like the Singletary matchup, and it's I'm still trying to figure out, like, what happened in mid-season of what is this year four for him, year three for him, for, to make
0: Dable,
3: yeah, Dable and and uh, McDermott all of a sudden go? You know, we should give this guy the ball more. He's just, he's been playing well for three and a half years. We should probably give him the ball two and a half years. I, I, you know they've they've gotten it, the Buffalo has an explosive offense with Davis and Diggs. Knox is a, a come on this year at tight end and I think Singletary is sort of just the cherry on top that has provided balance that they did not have the first couple years with Josh Allen and Allen has gotten to where he trusts Singletary to get stuff done too so I I love the the Singletary play
1: Yeah, I mean, on Singletary, I think a lot of it is they're finally giving him the shot. I mean, year one, in fairness to him, when he started taking over that backfield, if I'm remembering correctly, it was around week three or four, and then he injured, I believe it was his hamstring. I remember he pulled something. And then Frank Gore went out there and was leading that team. That was kind of the year that Allen really started blowing up. And everybody was like, oh wow, the, this Bill's team is actually good. And then last year they get Zach Moss. They never really gave him the chance to be the guy. And they did it to be start this season either. It, it took for whatever that breakout game, whatever it was, they finally, they were finally convinced oh. to do it. I'm glad they did. Cause he, he has been phenomenal. If you were, you know, smart enough to hold on to him. It's paying dividends now at this point. So Devin Singletary rushing yards is sitting, I believe it was, oh, i got to go back to it. I was looking at Dawson Knox's really quick. 57.5 rushing yards, over, under.
3: I feel like I'm taking the over. I'm going to take the over as well. All
1: right, and then Josh Allen passing yards sitting at 269.5. I,
3: I, I'm going to take the over there because I feel like, uh, KC's offense is explosive to the point where Allen is going to have to make some plays in there. Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well.
1: As am I on both of those for Kansas City, Dennis. What do the Chiefs need to do to advance in their fourth straight AFC championship game?
3: You know, Mahomes has been playing a little more under control the last, I don't know, half to third of the season. I know they went on a long winning streak uh, about six games, seven games in. Uh, But he's kind of gotten away from everything has to be a sidearm underhanded throw between the legs of four people. And he's just settled back in. The running game is picked up regardless of who's playing now. Doesn't matter if it's Gore, McKinnon, CEH, or Williams. Uh, I think the biggest thing is their styles are different enough that it does change a little bit what they can do you know gore isn't as explosive well, williams isn't either but williams is a better receiver than gore uh, mckinnon is a really good receiver and he's looked really explosive you know taking a couple years off has been really good for his legs uh, so i feel like they're going to have to give mckinnon the ball just because he's been playing so well and providing a spark that the other backs haven't, Uh, you know, you, and then Kelsey and Hill are doing their thing. Uh, Byron Pringle has come on and become quite the red zone threat now too. So it'll be sort of status quo for the Kansas city Chiefs: throw the ball to set up the run, Uh, try not to make mistakes. If you make a mistake, ah, well, screw it. We'll overcome it and let the defense be opportunistic.
2: Yeah. I actually think the the things that kind of got Kansas City righted and got them back on track for that eight-game winning streak was establishing a running game to balance the passing game to give them some offensive balance and the defense doing a good job of holding the opposition down and actually creating turnovers. And I think those are going to be the real keys. We know what Mahomes is and what he can do and what Kelsey can do and what – Tyree kill can do and what those pass receivers can do. That defense is going to have to disrupt the Buffalo offense and they need some running game to keep the defense of Buffalo honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, Kansas city has looks like a different team right now than where they were earlier in this season, right? Week five, especially that defense. I think the offense was, was for the most part fine for Kansas city, but that defense is much different than the team they faced earlier in the year. Matt, you just mentioned like this defense has really got to attack Kansas City. And I really think that they do because we keep talking about how improved this defense has been here lately, but they played the incredible offenses of the Panthers, the Patriots, and that was, I believe, the Mac Jones three pass game, the Falcons, and then the Jets, and then Patriots again here in the last round of the playoffs. They haven't really played a really that good That second offense.
2: Patriots game was 33-21. Uh, Jones did throw. They were able to force some time. Oh, right, right, right. But...
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, though, they haven't really played a – I mean, even that. I mean, no offense to Mac Jones because I think he's been phenomenal. Like, that's not a great offense right now. They haven't played a really good offense except for the Buccaneers, and that was a the game they lost in overtime. So I think that defense but... is going to have their – go ahead.
2: So they did, but so that was the thing for them. They forced two fumbles and two interceptions against Kansas City in Kansas City in that first game. That's, I think that's for Kansas City. If Kansas City wants to win, they can't have those kind of mistakes. But, you know, that's what they're going to have to watch out for because when Buffalo's defense has been good, they've been getting in there and been disruptive. When they've been bad, it's like, are they even on the field?
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting back and forth between those two. Uh, so I'm going to give you the receiving yard props first because the Patrick Mahomes one, if you don't bet it, there's something wrong with you. 67.5 receiving yards for both Hill and Kelsey.
2: I'm probably taking the over on those. I'm taking the over on Kelsey and the under on
1: Hill. On Patrick Mahomes, .5 pass yards. Are you thinking about it? Or are You just take. it? it's it's the free square of the week. That's why. Oh, That's why. It's, I was gonna yeah. say, it, my God, yeah, it's it's the free square of the week. It's technically it's at two seventy one point five. I'd still take the over on that, but it's 0.5 because it's the free square of the week. So yeah, if you don't take the over. You're insane taking the bills. You
3: know, I have struggled back and forth with this one. That's why I haven't put it on the sheet yet. I'm, I, I just don't know where to go. And, and I guess I'm going to flip a coin and, and take uh, I'll take Kansas City.
2: Yeah, that's probably a good sign that you went different because it's always scares me when we're in lockstep on all of these games. And to this point in time, we, we've been pretty uniform. I picked the Bills as my AFC team into the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to stick with them. I liked what they did when they went into Kansas City. I think they – after going through the Valley in the middle of the season, it feels like they got their mojo back.
3: All
1: right. Yeah, so I
3: picked the Browns, so I don't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Hey, I, I did pick the Packers to make it and win it. So I've still got a little bit of hope left. Uh,
3: well, I
2: picked the Cowboys, so no one's perfect.
1: <laughs> that'll, uh, that will do it for, I mean, yeah, if we're talking AFC wise, I did technically pick it to be, I believe. Well, no, I picked the Browns to lose in this round to Baltimore. I think I had it Bills, Baltimore, but obviously Baltimore. And I had it Baltimore, Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I remember that. So that's not looking great, obviously, but uh, that yeah. will do it for us today. We're going to save our rookie profiles for it next week. Since we're already sitting at an hour, probably next Friday's episode. Since as Dennis mentioned, he was able to secure Marcus grants coming on. We're going to talk a little football and Marvel. We'll let, you know, dennis enjoy all the football talk and then me and matt will kind of pepper him with some questions so
2: what you're saying is dennis you have approximately 60 hours which is probably just enough time for you to watch all the marvel movies forget football Don't sleep out.
1: Yeah, don't 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 forget football. Forget sleep. (laughs) Just as much caffeine as you can. I'll
3: play him in my sleep. So I
2: actually I take it back. Sixty point five hours. I just thought about there's over thirty movies. There's no chance.
1: (laughs) That's probably you know, but he can probably there's probably a couple we can mention he can skip and come back to later that you know, don't don't matter as much but yeah
2: if thor is in the title and it doesn't have ragnarok don't watch it
1: <laughs> yeah so there, there's two right there that's like five six hours you can knock off right there so now we're down to 54 so we're making it happen we're getting close we just gotta knock out a couple more.
2: type in the words avengers it's
3: four movies you can do it i'll, I'll just I'll, I'll i'll see if i can find the clip notes
1: <laughs> i'm sure they're out there somewhere all right, guys, that'll do it for us today. Enjoy the divisional round weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready? I came like out the room out already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honest. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Only oh, they tackle him the four years. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can, Who can, make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>